So when Doris was here over the weekend, um, <laughs> late in the night after the rest of my family had left, um, she was the last person to leave actually, her and her daughter. And I think maybe it was around nine or I don't know, it was around that time in the in the evening and we were just chatting. Uh, and we always have a lot of things to talk about. So honestly, I can't quite remember what it is that we're talking about. But then um, I think the TV was on and it was on YouTube. And then I remember mentioning to her, um, I'd rather watch live TV, but that's not being paid for. Uh, and she says, let me share my Netflix account with you. And I was like, okay. So she she set it up. Um, and then, you know, her boyfriend came to pick up and then they took off. And I was left with my Netflix. And the first movie I watched, um, because I, I bought the book not too long ago, um, The Great Gatsby by E. Scott Fitzgerald. I remember watching the movie sometime back. Of course, it stars Leo DiCaprio. Um, it was sort of dazzling, you know, the kind of movies that you're thinking, this has quite a bit of razzmatazz to it. Um, but, you know, it, it it didn't quite resonate with me. But then I bought the book uh, a couple of weeks ago and I read it. I didn't like the book as much as I thought I'd like the movie because, you know, we like books because we like to read. But sometimes we get corrupted when books are turned into movies because then you think uh, the movie is so much easier to follow along with. Um, and I don't have to dedicate a whole um, day or two or three to get through a book, you know, because a movie, you're going to do it in what? One, two hours maximum. So um, I read the book, but it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's been uh, compressed into a classic, like for use in school. So it wasn't very many pages. I think it's probably less than 100 pages. But I read it in maybe two or three hours on a Sunday afternoon. And so when um, I got my uh, Netflix account by default, that's the first thing I decided to watch. You know, you know um, the way it starts when, when, uh, when it starts and this guy is saying that Jay was such a, a man full of hope. <laughs> and 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 I think this resonates with me because if you listen to the happiest people on earth, then you you know what I'm talking about. Because I I think I'm like that. I've 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 had a lot of instances where I could have given up on life, but um, you know I still continue to live through it, hopeful, still not attaining the things that I had imagined or hoped I would, but still hopeful, um, still getting disappointed <laughs> with a lot of things, but still hopeful. Um, still seeing some bleakness in the future, of course, because of one or two things, which of course I'm, I'm not going to go into right now, but I'm sure they'll come up somewhere or have already come up somewhere in the past. Still hopeful. Um, um, wondering what the next uh, phase of my life is going to be like, uh, because, you know, the creeping up of age and and you don't know whether you're going to end up being um terminally ill or you know uh, financially constrained or anyway still hopeful i still am and I, I i i hope to always be i don't know if i'll always be but i really sincerely hope that i will but um that book or the movie that's uh, that's what's part of the opening statements that um, this was a man that was so full of hope. And, you know, you, you're thinking, 
look at him. He grew up in abject poverty. Um, probably raised himself up by his bootstrings to be able to get to where he had gotten to by the time we we're introduced to him. I mean, he's living in a palatial home. He has this wild parties. I think it's based in the 30s or something. So, I mean, you know, the the way it's been done, the way it's been produced and directed is really superb in that you, you're thinking, oh my God, they had this kind of opulence in that age. Um, and we're talking, what, maybe 80 years ago? 80. And, and, and you're thinking, man, this is a lot of glitz and glam. And that's how we get introduced to him. And he was just focused on the one thing. Because, you know, you'd think that for someone to have gotten to that point in his life, you still wouldn't want to just be concentrating on somebody that you once loved who went on to get married and somehow you're still trying to win her over. Because, again, I don't subscribe to the school of thought that um, there's only one person for everyone. Uh, there's there's lots of people for everyone, if you ask me. It depends on making the right connection and a whole host of other things because sometimes I think, you know, you've got to be even at the right stages in your lives. If if um, there's some discordance in that, maybe you're in the midst of raising um, small kids and you, you meet the love of your life and, um, you know, he only has time for parties and, you know, living the good life and traveling that's already a discordance, not because you don't have chemistry or don't have a connection or don't like each other, but the circumstances are just not there. And again, people sometimes are not willing to make space for you in their lives or they don't even have the capacity, by the way, is another thing. They might want to, but there really is no capacity. Because like I've said, if if you're in that stage of life where it's, you know, um, a CBC education and crazy amounts of homework in the evening with your three or four children um, and you have to cook and you have to run a household and you've got to take care of a hundred little things and then you know you've got your husband and then you've got to wake up early the next morning and go into work and I don't know you know what I'm glad those are parts of my life that are over and done with because I, I don't think I could ever do it again you know, and, and so you don't even know, Jay didn't even know that this woman would be open or receptive to him. He didn't know what her life was like um, in in that at that time, uh, because like I've mentioned before, and it's, it's a conversation I think I have ongoing with my sister quite often, is that we are not who we were in our 20s, in our 30s. And even now I know I'm who I am at this time in my 40s is probably not who I'm going to be in my 50s or 60s or whatever age I get to. We keep evolving and we keep changing and we are dynamic and you learn things and you mellow. You just sort of gradually become sometimes a better version of you, sometimes a worse version of you. Sometimes you're in such circumstances that you have to revamp yourself totally. So, you know, for him to have this hope that um, this lady that he had once loved as a young man who, you know, had moved on with her life would still find him as attractive, would still find him as mesmerizing, would still find him as so worthy of being as she once thought he might be. I mean, that was a long shot, Mr. E. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, <laughs> indeed, that was a lot of hope. But it's it's such a beautifully... um done movie in that you know you 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 look at uh when he 
puts together the initial meeting. You know, he, he'd been having these parties at his home, you know, all this time in the hope that maybe one day she would appear and, you know, she, for whatever reason, had never been part of his guest list. Um, even though there wasn't a guest list. If you remember, people just used to turn up. Nobody was actually invited. <sighs> so um, to then uh, have his neighbor... Nick was his um the his flames uh cousin uh organized for her to come to his house for tea and you can you can just see how you know he really put a lot of effort into that initial meeting i mean the flowers the ambience the <laughs> the servants in the livery i mean it, it okay for me it just evokes um feelings of Oh, it's not like the nicest thing somebody could ever really do for you. I mean, anyway, I, I I could I could gush about it all day, and maybe you're thinking, can this woman get on? Okay, so let me get on. Um, yeah. So then he sits there, and he's so nervous, and he gets so nervous to the point that he actually flees, gets rained on, and then I think some, you know, I think when you get rained on, you come back to your senses if you're a little bit hot headed. And, you know, he comes back and, and, and he starts his conversation once again with his love, Daisy. Hmm. Anyway. And, you know, it looks like it's going really well. It looks like, you know, she had never forgotten the intensity of that love or that he'd never lost his hold on her um, in terms of tugging at the strings of her heart and you know it it looks for the most part that this is going to end up being a beautiful ending <sighs> only for it not to be and you know what happens after that he tries to get her to leave her husband she doesn't and they drive off and she kills somebody and he covers for her and he's still hopeful waiting um for her to still come back to him after everything that he's done for her, after all the nights of passion they have spent, after, I don't know, unspoken promises and, you know, so much. Because it, 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 it just, it makes you feel that so much went on in that period of time that they had rekindled their romance that we didn't even begin to grasp what how much had gone down. We, we were sort of like just skimming the surface in the movie. And for her to <laughs> then... um pack up with her husband and leave and have the husband plant the murder on um, Jay, which of course ended in him being shot to death and uh, dying cold and alone. And you can see even up until that very last minute how hopeful he was that she would come back to him. And she doesn't. And the worst part is that she does not even turn back does not even look back you know she's not even like lord's wife who like give that little oh i can't believe i'm doing this look back only for her to be turned into a pillow so maybe maybe daisy thought that would happen i don't know but <laughs> it, that was not the case i mean this is one callous and heartless woman and you know how the other then says at the end um that this were really careless people daisy and her husband uh, I don't know. It's it's a movie that evokes all sorts of things in me. It it you know the hope, um, the romance, the torridness of the affair, um, 
the despair when things begin to fall apart, the seeming madness of this man who just would not let up because he, he, it didn't even occur to him that he would end up losing in life because of the choices that he had made. And that's the exact thing that ended up happening when he could have chosen all sorts of different directions to go into. But then isn't that life? You've got probably a million different directions that you can take, but you stay on the path of least resistance, for instance, or you become the daredevil that goes into another path and you end up dying young and looking good in your grave, or you go into the paths that we consider those of normalcy. And so, you know, yeah, you do things the way you're supposed to do them and you don't stray too far from the beaten path. But you know what? <laughs> Guess where it all ends up? There is a 100% chance that you're going to die. And so just live your life. <laughs>